Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Feminine Critique. It's normal Feminine Critique. It's it's not, we're not talking about bakers and lawyers turned bakers and, and Christmas music and all of that. We're just talking about movies that probably don't involve that much Christmas. I'm Emily. I, I'm Christine. <laughs> yeah, things that they... Get, get taken aback by that, that, that uh, the promises made in that intro. I can't promise that I won't be talking about this. Um, I don't think I have any baking on my on my list. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something. If, um, if I realize I do, do have baking, I'll be very excited. Okay. We, we can always go back and edit. You know, that, that is the beauty of, of podcasting <laughs> and, and me saying that every time and never actually doing it. Uh, we're the Feminine Critique. We're a film podcast where we talk about movies. Yes, that's true. We do that. Yeah, often, often. Uh, this is what we call our catch-up episode where... Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said I'm Emily. I did not hear you say... I think you said I'm Christine. Oh, maybe you did. I'll I'll edit that part out. Wink, <laughs> wink. Yeah, we are, as you can see, a professional film podcast. Uh, and on catch-up episodes, we just go over a whole lot of the recent movies that we've watched in between recording episodes. Uh, it has been a few months, or it feels like it's been like seven years since we've done one of these. Truly. Just because I have since watched and recorded a lot of Christmas episodes. Uh, there were holidays, it is a new year, uh, lots of other things in the world changed, and then kind of didn't. So, with all that being said, my list of movies isn't huge, but it's um, of interest, perhaps, to some. If you listen, I suppose it may be of interest to you. Uh, Christine, what kind of list do you have? Um, I have a good list, I think. I don't nice. want to overpromise, Ooh. but I feel like I I didn't necessarily do, like, an end of the year catch up, like mm-hmm. as, a, as a lot of people did. I just found that a lot of stuff was becoming available, ah, and, nice, and could see could now see it. And I didn't cram or anything, and I didn't make a, like a proper end of year list or, or stuff. I feel like there's a lot of stress and pressure, and I don't really, yeah, same need to do. But I but I was able to watch a lot of things that that either. Um, are relatively new, maybe a little buzzy, or just stuff I've been meaning to catch up on. Look at you, hip young thing. And here I am thinking about how the first movie I watched of 2023 was a 2008 sci-fi CGI snake movie. Oh, well, that sounds fun. I mean, it was fun, but, like, I didn't, you know, there is nothing on my list that, like, really qualifies as best of the year, because I just didn't have that mind space for the last month or two. I understand. You were busy uh, ringing in the Christmas holidays? That, that's something people That's do. something people do, yeah. Um, <laughs> plus, I had, like, the usual Christmas watches, which, do you do that? Do you have your list that you kind of watch seasonally, or no? Uh, yeah, we have stuff that we kind of rotate in and out. I'm trying to look and see if I can see any. Yeah, we did some holiday horror and and stuff. Um, I, I tend to maybe get a little comfort movie Same. this time of year. But um, yeah, I, I, I hope I... I think I struck a good balance between the two because I, I, I believe I've said this before. I uh, With stuff the way it is, I've leaned into comfort walk. Watches yeah. a lot Same. more, and my my list was skewing that way. So I I think I mixed some uh some newer holiday stuff with some more classic. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start stuff. there then? This way we're kind of moving away from the holidays. Uh, we'll, we'll do holiday stuff first. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Awesome. Um, okay. 
I have a feeling that there's a few that probably you and I overlap. I know for me, every year there's some that I watch. Uh, this was no different. Um, Muppets Christmas Carol and a Muppet Family Christmas. I did not watch those this year. <gasps> really? Yes. Uh, although um, there is a version of the of Muppet Family Christmas on YouTube. That's that what we watch every year. Taped taped off TV with ads. Ooh, oh no, we don't. So we don't get the one with ads. But the best thing about the one we watch is that at the end, when the credits are rolling, it's you know the, as any television show airs, you know as the credits roll, they say up next, and yeah. usually it's like up next. Um, Balky gets into hijinks on, on a new Perfect Strangers. But in this case, oh gosh, what was it? It was like, up next, a baby on life support. Should it stay that way? Coming up next on Dateline. <laughs> Which I love being, imagining, like being like five-year-old Emily watching that and, and then like looking at my mom and saying, mommy, what's going to happen to the baby? I That's pretty intense. Yeah. I I think it's funny that you that's the way you watch it as well. We we had it bookmarked that the one with ads and Zach was like, oh yeah, we we, it, we should watch it. But I just never never got around to it. Oh. Sometimes with that stuff, it's um, the nostalgia is too much mm-hmm. that I don't. It's it's it, it's just as challenging as maybe watching something challenging because Understood. of the nostalgia well, overload. Yeah, and that one particular um, there is because that's one that I have probably watched more than almost anything in my life because I would watch it almost every Christmas and there's you know that moment at the end when Jim Henson was washing dishes like every time every single time I will start to cry when that happens so I get it I get it yeah so no Muppets for me this year no Muppets wow okay (laughs) uh what did what did you do instead um well I let's let's see if I can do some repeaty ones I watched Home Alone um I caught Which... a lot of Home Alone. What's What's funny is Home Alone and then Home Alone Two were airing back to back one night, and I just had it on as I was like finishing some things online. And I swear, when you end Home Alone and then go right into Home Alone Two, the McAllisters are fucking monsters. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like you go from this like sweet like oh I missed you like here's mom like we're never gonna have this Christmas again to immediately. Everybody has forgotten every lesson they learned the year before. Yeah. Uh, you know, or is that really realistic storytelling? Ooh. Mm, <laughs> mm, look at you. I, I didn't watch the second one this year. Um, I don't, I think I may have seen the second one just as much or if not more than the first, but I, I feel I prefer the first one. Oh, same, just, same. Just because, I mean, I understand the second, the second one is good and it has interesting things, but ultimately it is a, a retread of exactly what we get from it, the original. When I, I remember seeing part two in the theaters when I, I guess I probably would have been like nine, I think. And it was for me like a defining moment of me as a like child film critic. Because <laughs> I remember leaving that theater and it was one of the first times I ever didn't like a movie that I saw in the theater. Because I was so mad. And I just remember turning my parents and saying like, it was the first movie. All they did was change the setting. Everything was the same. They even have, like, the old person that you mis- misunderstood was really nice. And, like, everybody else in my family was like, yes, we know. That's what sequels do. But it really upset me as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty It's pretty obvious what they're yeah, doing. It's, it's just, just, a, it's just a, a replace, uh, delete, replace yeah. of everything. And, and I get that. I, and that's yeah. probably, that's that's one of the reasons why I don't, I don't think of it as fondly as I same. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, my annual Christmas tradition is watching the night before start. I, I probably talked about this last year, uh, with Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Anthony Mackie. I st- 
still have not seen that. I think that it is uh, delightful and wholesome and sweet, but also really interesting. I, and I saw a lot more people mentioning that they were watching it this year, which is great because it's it's great and it's not. I don't know. It's not syrupy, saccharine, sweet. It's not unrealistic, like, views of, of mm-hmm. the season. And I'm sure. not really interested in, like, having someone tell me lies about the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so this is a good uh, half step. And I, 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 say it, I say it, and every time I'm like, I begrudgingly like Seth Rogen. I think at some point I have to just come to terms with the fact that, like, I like Seth Rogen yeah, a lot. With you on that. I think he's yeah. funny and, and usually handsome and very charismatic. Mm-hmm. And everybody else, everybody works in it, and it's fun. So... Next year, if you if it pops up somewhere or you think of it, it's it's a good one to watch. I will definitely do so. I, I feel like Seth Rogen has never not been good or funny. I think it's just a matter of, and it's this is true of a lot of comedy in that like oh it ages poorly because of kind of how we think and how we change what's mm-hmm. cool and what's not. And I think he just was really overexposed for a while. And so he had movie after movie that was very kind of of its time. So when you look back at some of them, you kind of cringe a little bit here and there, but mm-hmm. he, I think, continuously evolves as a writer and performer and always mm-hmm. seems to be like on the up and up when he gives interviews. So, you know, I don't think he's perfect, but I feel like, no, he's a, he's a positive guy that uh, we can continue to grow with. I, I tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, you have more Christmas? I do. I, I finally watched Last Christmas. Oh, Which the is, Amelia Clark Last Christmas yeah, I Gave You My pop, Heart, pop literally. Pop yes, yeah. yes, we covered it on the stocking stuffer a couple of years ago. I think I did know that, yeah. and I knew there was, like, I don't know if you call it a twist. It's not really a twist. But I, I knew that there was, like, it, was, it wasn't it was as straightforward of, of a yeah. story as it, as it appeared. Um, I had meant to watch it previously, but there was a part of me that was like, I might not like this mm-hmm. i i liked it enough uh letterbox says i gave it three and a half stars which is feels That's accurate probably where I'd i land yeah yeah it was cute and fun and nice in a in a way that that was that i appreciated and but it, i don't know that it, i connected with it like in any real way that mm-hmm. i would rewatch it you know yeah um i appreciate the weirdness of it and again it's been a while since i watched it but i remember thinking like Oh, people give Amelia Clark a really hard time, and I actually think she's wonderful in that movie. I do too. She was great. Yeah, good, good. Um, I don't really want to talk about it that much, but I watched Die Hard Two, which is my preferred Die Hard movie. That's your preferred Die Hard? Wow. Well, the first one's great. I mean, everybody loves the first one. See, I go three, one, two is is my preference. See three, but see two is Christmas still, so it has that same like. Christmas, Die yes, Hard. Yes. Oh feeling. yeah. Three is not a Christmas movie. Three no. is, however, one of the best New York movies. I think three is a better movie. Yeah. You're not wrong, but two has the for me two has the nostalgia that one has for other people. Mm. I've seen I've seen the first one a billion times. I know it top to bottom. Like I get it. But growing up, the second one was always on sure. TV somewhere. Yeah. So it still is all today. The, all the beats are like that's what I think of like. I don't know. Plus, That's fair. there's a reason why I watched it. And um, when I mention another movie, it's because it was a lot like that. Did you see Violent Night? I did not. Um, I saw the other new Christmas horror movie on Shudder. I saw Christmas Bloody Christmas. I also saw that. Okay. Uh, why don't you first tell me about Violent Night? 
I didn't like Violent Night. Okay. Well, I gave it two and a half, which doesn't say I didn't like it, but I did like it in the sense that it was a movie that was about things that did yep. stuff. Fair. But I didn't like it in the sense that, like, I didn't, it wasn't made for me. I mm-hmm. didn't connect with it. I don't find David Harbour attractive. Um, other people do, and that's fantastic. But, like, that to me, a lot of the people I saw saying really, like, a, lo- a lot of it was led by, like, oh, he can get it, which is right. which is great, and that is a, a, a driver for me in a lot of situations. <laughs> it's just it didn't work work in this this one. That's but, fair. like, it also has John Leguizamo and Beverly D'Angelo, which is, like... Oh, fun. Great. And uh, Cam... Cam... Giggadol? Giggadol? Giggaburlesque? I also rewatched The Roommate, which he is in. Nice. But, um, he's in it, and he's funny in it. So there were things in it that I did enjoy, but just like this overall feeling of like being seen and this charm that other people got out of it, got I it. did not. So yeah. it left me a little cold. When the trailers like kept coming out for it, everybody I know was really excited for it and kept saying to me, like, oh, you're going to see it, right? Because I guess they thought, like, oh, it's a Christmas horror movie. Emily's going to see it. And I was like, I, it just it seems kind of... I just had that feeling of like this doesn't look like it's for me, but it might be fine. I might it, watch it next year when it's on streaming, but I didn't. I was not about to go out of the way to find it. You might like it. Like I, I, mm. I not to say that I'm like I didn't like it, but Emily would. But <laughs> there were things. There were things about it. There was like an earnestness to it that I thought you might appreciate. Mm, okay, interesting. Um, Christmas, bloody Christmas. What did you think of so, that? I loved it. I actually got a advanced screener of it, and I reviewed it. I don't review movies anymore, but I reviewed it. Um, and I will say that in my review, I very clearly stated, if you are not on board with just how fucking cool everyone in this movie is supposed to be, then you will not like this movie. And I will say to this movie, this is the, the prime example of a movie I feel like I can talk about without, um, in, in very clear, humble terms. I watch this movie and very quickly I'm like, this, I, I will not say this is a bad movie. This movie knows exactly what it's doing and knows exactly who it's made for. This movie is not made for me. This, <laughs> this I am watching um, actors who I think are doing a good job. They are playing characters that I am too old for, that I... I don't need a Kevin Smith-esque conversation in movies, even if it's like, they're talking about Pit Cemetery 2. Emily, you love Pit Cemetery 2. Don't you want don't you want to hear this conversation? No, I don't want to hear characters talk at me, at each other. Um it felt th- I always go back to the um my high fidelity issue or my Empire Records uh mm-hmm. thought, which is I was one of those kids, I was a I was a nerd. I knew I was a nerd, I was cool with that. Um, one of the places I felt least comfortable was like at the mall music shop because you'd walk in and you just immediately felt like everybody there was cooler than you or thought they were cooler than you or even if they weren't actually cooler than you we're gonna judge you no matter what piece of music you touched and um, like both High Fidelity Empire Records are very much that where they're just like insulting customers in music stores and that always pisses me off and that's a little bit what I felt immediately I'm like Oh, this is a movie made by made for and by th- those people, and that's fine. This just is not for me. I'm. I mean, I I get it. That I I'm. I feel really justified with how I framed my review, uh, <laughs> because like so I my personal dream 
is to find a time machine and go back in time and be like a late 30s adult in the 90s. That's <laughs> literally all I want. Nice. Um, so, I mean, this is a little bit of wish fulfillment. fulfillment. Sure. It did have that very uh, 90s indie kind of mm-hmm. back and forth reference droppy yeah completely but then like it also is doing it in a modern way and i'm like i i can inject myself into it and be like oh i can i'm able to live out my my 90s fantasy through through this movie i got it yeah it just was one that and watching it, it was like i will never have an argument with somebody about this movie because i don't feel i would never say it's bad i would never say um this isn't made well it's just this is so clearly doing making choices, which I appreciate. They're just not the choices for me. That that's how I felt about Violent Night. Mm, like, yeah. it just like it's it's a movie, and it, I get it. But like, I don't, I I'm not its audience, and that and that's fine. Like, I don't have to be every movie's audience. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you have any more Christmas? I do. I really went for it this year. Ooh. Um. I watched The Apology, which is on Shudder. Uh, uh, which... Yeah, I've seen that come up. I've not watched it yet. What did you think? I really liked it. It's very talky, um, and it relies a lot on Anna Gunn. Who I which... like. I, I always like I, her. I do, too, and I feel like she really, she was very compelling, and she was, I was there for her the whole time. She was okay. great the whole time. Nice. Um, I enjoyed it. I recommended it to my mom, and my mom liked it. It is, like, one, it's very small and very, like, quiet. It's in a single home and okay. one night but like so you could kind of see like budgetary restraints and stuff on it but i think it, they did a, a wonderful job hmm. and it was a good story i thought it was a good story nice um p2 is uh one of my favorite i still haven't seen movies. p2 ah so i wanted to rewatch p2 i love it it's in in, in it, it gets to, for me it gets better we need, we, I'm putting it on the list. We need to cover it next Christmas. Yeah, I think so, because it really does only get better. There was a point, I watched it and I liked it. What year is that from? Like 2007. 2000, I yeah, I was going to say 2008, so we were close. I watched it very, very soon after it came out, and, and I liked it a lot, enough to like continuously revisit it. Right. I, I think there was like an, uh, maybe a mid-2010s-ish time period where I rewatched it and I went like oh maybe this isn't aging well because it's very like misogynistic it's there's mm. a lot of viol- like violence against women it's very very gross it was very popular in the early 2000s it, exactly it was very mean-spirited but there was a, something about it that always that always transcended that like those stereotypes or mm. like the trappings of that genre like sure. we're hurting women to hurt women and and i i think it was like the last time i watched it not this year so a couple years ago and i went oh no this is extremely relevant like west bentley hates women in it and it used to seem cartoonish and mean but now it's like yeah this is how men act mm. this is how men talk to you on the internet absolutely okay. Okay. So, so to me, it's aged really, really interestingly. All right. It well, was, pre- it was prescient. I think we're gonna do it next next year. I'm guaranteeing okay. it. We'll do it. I own it on DVD from Blockbuster. Fancy. Oh the yes. Block- when the, the used DVD, five bucks. Is going out of- yeah. yeah, five for twenty. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. Uh, Gremlins, but we nice. all seen Gremlins. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night three. Better watch out. Yeah, um, so I did all five Silent Night, Deadly Nights over this this year, which yep. haven't done in a while. Um, did you only do part three? Yes. Uh, what I don't, don't, I don't know why. 
why not is what I say. Why not? <laughs> I watched them in the most random order. I think I did like I th- know I did three, four, five, two, one. So yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I because well, I was doing a Kevin Geeks out on it. Like I, I was going to focus on the whole series, and I'm like I've seen one and two so many times that I don't need to rewatch them. Uh, so I was like, let me start with three, because that three and four are the ones I've watched the least, but then I ended up just going through all of them again, so. <laughs> three is, um, I mean, it's interesting because it's Lynchian, right? I, yeah, I wonder if I remember thinking that. I A lot of actors go on to be in David Lynch projects for some reason. Yeah, I I feel like for me, the only, oh yeah, because Eric DeRay. DeRay there's Eric DeRay, there's Laura Herring, and there's, um, yeah. what's his name, uh, Ben, uh, Ben, I can't think of the character, I always get the actor and the character's name, like, combined, so I want to say Ben Horn, but I think Ben is the actor, oh. and... Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I know who you mean, I, okay. I, I forgot, because he showed up, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That... So I can't remember a lot about it. I it's, gave it a two and a half. It's pretty blah. I, I think that my 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 main complaint was that it didn't live up to its uh, synopsis mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, clairvoyance and ESP. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be batshit. Let's go. And yeah. I, and then it just I turns like into like, underwhelming. yeah, OK, he's she's trying to get away from him. And that's it. So, yeah, I would be curious for you to watch four next year. Um. For it's Brian, it's Brian Usna of Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is really gross. It's really gooey, and it it's really frustrating because it feels like for the first like half hour you're like, ooh, we're going like it's witches. It is um, it kind of going into this direction where you're like, ooh, we got lesbian witches. We got like kind of feminist thing going on, but it doesn't really commit to it. And then it just kind of. Mm. Uh, but I wonder if I feel like there's ideas there that just never go anywhere, but. Mm, that's a shame. It is, yeah. Uh, another cr- classic Christmas one that I rewatched, and I feel like got a lot of attention this year. I think like five different podcasts I listened to were covering it at the same time, and then it was on Shutter, like right prominent. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a couple years. Let me rewatch Black Christmas, the original. Boy, is that a good movie! It is. I didn't. I didn't watch the original this year. We meant to, but I just we just never got around to it. I watched the 2006 one this year. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I really love the original, and I wish I had just watched it. Yeah. the See, I I have not watched the 2006 one probably in about 10 years. Uh, I didn't like it then. I feel yeah. like people this past year have yep. tried to say the 2006 yep. one's great just in order to insult the 2019 one, which is bullshit to me. So, it, I yeah. This, you're, you're completely right, and you've said it so I didn't have to. <laughs> this, 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 um... Reframe. I like a, a good reframing and a reevaluation of of a previously maligned Same. movie. Yeah, love it. Yeah, and oftentimes it makes me feel very vindicated and justified. Mm-hmm. Like, haha, I was right all along. Right. Finally, other like, people see it. Yeah. Yes, I didn't like Black Christmas two thousand six the first time I saw it. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it the second time. I didn't like it third time, and I think this is the fourth time. I just didn't like it, and and I think I need to fucking deal with the fact that I don't like it because what will get me is the cast mm-hmm. the cast will lull me the cast will bring me back sure. and i'll be like okay i'll look at it again but then you're right you're completely right it was this year everybody just dis- everybody sorry a lot of people seem to decide that 2006 was now something that they were gonna rep right and oh yeah that got a bad yeah that justice for I, 2006 no right and <laughs> it I'm got like, what it deserved it's a bad movie and i'm like maybe 
I'm always willing to. I want to be wrong about something I didn't like because I don't like not liking things. Uh, agreed. So I like okay, people I I value their opinion are saying that maybe this should be revisited. So I, you know, Zach's always into watching a movie he doesn't like to get mad at it. <laughs> so we we watched it, and I really was hoping like I would get it. Like sure. this, this is the time. This is right, the time right. where I go. And I guess it does a couple good things. And there, we we love to see Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Michelle Trachtenberg. Like it's great. I love seeing them out there doing things. But like, I don't know. A lot of it doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. it, it is mean for no reason, and it's confusing yeah. for no reason. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. But this I is agree. the last time I think. Yeah. Um. But the original man does that hold up? So good. It's I wish, so fucking I wish, good. I wish I had just watched that. Yeah, I I had forgotten, and I think just hearing a couple of different podcasts talk about it, to sit down and rewatch it, and just like, man, it's scary. It's uh, about stuff. All of yep. these women have agency and have things going on in their lives, and like, I care about all of them. It, it's just so fucking good. Uh, I have one more Christmas movie, and I think you saw it a few years ago, and this was one oh. that I had avoided. Because I was under the impression that it was, everybody kept describing it as being a very mean movie. And I think I just like ran out of stuff to watch and was like, I need, I want a Christmas horror. Okay, here it is. It's on Peacock and Shudder, I think too. Let me get, let me give it a chance. And I am amazed that I went five years without knowing what this movie was actually about. And that movie, uh, you mentioned Home Alone, this is the horror version of it with Better Watch Out. Oh my God. So I rewatched that this year. So <laughs> I liked my- it. One of my last ones. So the first time I saw it, I liked it. And then everybody else was like, "Not again, why am I using weird generalizations today? A bunch of people were like, oh, this is this is actually bad. And I was like, huh, no. I didn't really feel like it was bad when I watched it. So this year we were like, yeah, let's just do it like a middle of the middle of the day on Saturday rewatch of mm-hmm. it. It's really great, it's right? It's good. Yeah. It's really good. I I can't believe that I didn't know the twist, and I don't yep. want to go into it, because if I didn't know about it, that means other people, if you haven't seen it, then maybe you don't either. But it's like all of the artwork kind of makes it look like a home invasion, and it's a babysitter mm-hmm. and the kid who have to fight. And that's what I thought I was getting. And it is not that. It turns... It goes in a really interesting direction. Um, I thought it was very clear what the movie was about and whose side it was on and Mm -hmm. who was really like not just like obviously you know who the villain is in the movie but like that the movie agreed that that was the villain and I feel like there may have been people that thought this was kind of uh very mean to women but I thought that was the point of it um it's it's a lot like p2 in that regard Mm, interesting (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the one thing so I watched it on Peacock and Peacock does that thing where like you have to it took me three tries to because I realized I'm like I the, it, as soon as the credits came up it was trying to move on I'm like no I think there was something after the credits I think there was something after the credits and it took me three tries and I was actually really mad because I hate what came after the credits I'm so sorry I, I don't believe I've ever watched this past the credits then don't just don't because it oh, ends on a shit. really satisfying note and you oh, walk okay. out and you're like, fuck yeah. And then if you watch like two, 30 seconds of credits, then there's like a stinger. And it's not, in fairness, it's not a definitive stinger. It doesn't like, but it's just something that's there that you're like, oh, I did, that should not be how we walk away from this movie. We should have walked away from it 
at the credits, not with mm, this. And anybody who's seen it probably knows what I'm talking about. And, and it's if you haven't, I apologize because we're obviously being very vague. But I, I don't want to spoil this movie that I do recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just that that bothered me. But it's yeah. yeah, this this was a really interesting, um, stylish, cool way to tell that story. So I was happy with it. Yeah, me too. I think it was. It's interesting. I think it has enough uh, twists, I guess, mm-hmm. or at least just like unexpected happenings where yep. you're like, oh, okay. It takes swings. It has a point of view. It is. It is mean, but but it, it is mean to establish what's happening. Like yeah. it's not just needlessly like. It is not cruel to the audience. It's cruel. Yep. The characters. Uh, some of them are cruel. The the boyfriend is my heart breaks every yeah. time I think about it. Yeah. it and that's the thing like I love about a movie like that is when it is able to take a smaller character and and say like oh we know what you think you're getting here but you're actually getting something much kinder or much more special yeah um and it's the two two of the actors were the two kids in the visit the visit which and they're is so wild, good right? and they're so good and yeah. I mean that that young woman I think Olivia de like she she has a career ahead of her like she's been in a lot of stuff since then um she's great in the movie and she has to kind of doesn't get to get to like she has to be a presence that's really important without necessarily having the dialogue mm-hmm. um but the little boy from the visit who's like it's it's like the perfect like next movie for him in a way because it's still like oh yeah no like this is what you'd grow into like you're still this awkward little boy and there's a lot going on in him like i, I don't know like i was really impressed with the whole package of it so i'm glad you liked it too yeah, definitely. I was I I felt really validated on the mm-hmm. rewatch. Like, wait a second, this is good yeah, and interesting. Yeah, so there, <laughs> naysayers. Uh, did you um, have any more Christmas? My last one is I have one last one, and it is maybe my favorite new watch <gasps> of the year. Ooh. It is um, from 2021. It is called Silent Night. I, um, it's it stars Kira Knightley and Matthew Good. Oh, okay. I remember hearing about this movie and then thinking, uh, why does Kira Knightley keep doing movies that have the same title as other movies? And it makes me very confused to ever remember to go see them. So, yes. um, I this looked really interesting, but I never sought it out. It I, I liked it. Um, it looks like it's got a, a pretty decent score on Letterboxd, so I guess other people liked it too. Um, it is very quiet and very sad, and it's a very Christine movie. Ooh, nice. in, in that in that regard, like it's it's maudlin and heavy. It feels like a Shirley Jackson story. Okay. Um, it, it the the less you know about it, the better. But yeah. I think it's one of those movies, and this is for everybody. If you decide to watch it, you should. If you dislike people at the beginning, just know that everything's on purpose. Like mm. if there's a point to it, sure. And I and I think maybe the tone of it might might throw people off, but it's not a fun, happy movie. Nice. Okay. Um, I'm gonna keep it on my radar because I did want to check it out. And you're, I always trust your judgment most of oh, the time. Oh, thank you. I think if you're in the right frame of mind for it, you mm-hmm. would you would like it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um. So we're kind of on the theme. Should we just keep going with horror? That is probably what I have the most of, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's usually the case for me, as it is this time. <laughs> uh, not that many overall, just because, again, I had to watch 13 Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll start uh, throughout. A, a lot of what I watched was from Shudder. A uh, movie that has been on Shudder for a while. Uh, it is a Norwegian film called The Innocents. Uh, it is... Oh, that that one with that awesome poster? Yeah, it's a great poster. It's yeah. little kids. It's... um. 
it, it, I'll just say, I mean, it's kind of an evil child movie or evil mm-hmm. children movie that kind of um, isn't a fair description of it because it's a very... Uh, this is a horror movie. I think you would say that it's the director has done. He did Thelma, and he I think he co-did. Like he usually worked with a, a partner, but this one was just him. He did Thelma, and he did I think the worst person in the world, which is mm-hmm. to my knowledge not a horror. And this is strange. It is a very unusual film because it really doesn't go in directions you expect it to. Uh, I dug it a lot. I it's definitely on my list to watch. I yeah. I really I really want to see it. I've heard other people say good things too. It looks cool too. It's cool. Oh, it's beautiful looking too. It's yeah. It's a we summer horror. The trailer for yeah. it or whatever yeah. on, on Shutter. Nice. Yeah. Uh, check it out. I'd be curious okay. what you think. I will. I'll bump it up the list. I think there's something on here that you told me to watch too. Ooh, let's I'm hear trying it. to make more of an effort to Aww. watch what people suggest. <laughs> um, but didn't you tell me to rewatch the Skeleton Key? I did. I. I think maybe I liked it more than I did when I first watched it. Okay, that's something. But, but so you I didn't, only, like, love it the way I did? I only gave it two stars. Oh, oh, and Christine, I, And my five? review was, lot, love a lot about this, but also yikes. What was the yikes? I, I don't, I wish you I could. You try to use my spells on me? I don't know. I don't know that I, I, I don't know that I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I could remember more about it. To, to be fair, I did watch it like it was one of the first movies I watched in November. So okay, it's been a while. a while ago now. Oh, I'm surprised because I just I thought you would have dug it because I think it is. Um, again, it's really unusual and really original. Is. And for that time, you were not getting movies like that. So I am I am surprised you didn't fall all over yourself the way I did for that movie. No, it, it, and you know we're all we're all different. Yeah, I, I suppose there's a there's a there could be like the voodoo type stuff yeah. about it that I didn't. And that's so weird because I've really reevaluated my feelings about Kate Hudson. So like mm-hmm. I was ready for it too. I was like, all right, let's go. I like her now. Yeah, and I think she's good in it. She is. She's not. She's not. I think it might be Peter Sarsgaard. That's my problem. You know what's funny? I don't really like Peter Sarsgaard. I find him. Um, somebody pointed this out, and ever since they said it, I can't unsee it. It's like he's never trying as hard as everybody else. This is a good point, and sometimes it works for him because I like him in an education because yes. he isn't working as hard as everybody else. And it and makes I think sense that for that character. With that character. Yeah. But when it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. And you're just like, who is this aloof jackass? Yeah. In Skeleton Key, I thought, though, like, oh, he's, like, doing more than he normally does. So I appreciate that. <laughs> he's got a wacky accent, which I was all for. He definitely has a wacky mm-hmm. accent. I'm glad I looked at it again, though, because it had been, I saw it in the theater. So it's yeah. been that long since I saw it. Nice. Uh, let's see. More horror, also on Shudder. Um, we'll talk more about this, I think, in the future, but I did watch A Wounded Fawn. So did I. I did, too. Uh, that means you either really loved it or really hated it. I loved it. Okay. I liked it a lot. Um... I didn't, I felt like I need to watch this again. Like, I didn't get all of it. And then I read um, our good friend, uh, Carol, uh, wrote a really great article about it. And I was like, oh, now it makes so much more sense. Um, yeah, it's a de- it's a dense one. And, yes. and I went in as, and I don't, you probably did too, because I know you like to go in with little knowledge. Yeah. I went in knowing absolutely 
shit all about yes. what I was about to watch. So I think it took me a minute to get my footing. Yes. So re-watching it, knowing what it's doing, I think would be beneficial. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Wow. It's, it's a movie that definitely warrants more more viewings and more engagement with it. Yeah. I, 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 again, I love a movie that takes a swing. I oh, love yeah. something doing something weird. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, so give me another one. You got you got another weird one of horror on there? Well, I mean, I guess this is weird. This, I watched uh, Horror Darling Barbarian. I have not seen Barbarian yet. Um, and that's one that I have tried to know nothing about because everybody seems to suggest, like, oh, there's a twist or something that yeah. you, sh- you don't know what you're getting. So without going through that, because I obviously am still, I'm going to watch it one of these days, uh, yay or nay on your side? I... I'm this again is back to what we were talking about earlier. You I, I guess as we get older it's just very clear that some stuff maybe isn't for mm, you. Okay. Like I, I don't this wasn't for me. I enjoyed a lot about it, about I enjoyed the structure of it. I don't think that's a spoiler, but mm-hmm. and I enjoyed some of the performances and again point of view, swings, I like all that stuff. Um, I'm very curious. I really would like you to watch it. I need to. Yeah. I, um, here's a question. Do I need to watch it all in one sitting? Personally, I don't think so. Okay. I think somebody else would tell you otherwise. Yeah. But um, it's like I said, it's it, I don't want to say that it doesn't have a, a like a like a, your, your expected three act structure, but it definitely is paced a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that splitting it up is, it's already kind of splitting itself up. If that okay. makes any sense. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So like, I don't think it would hurt it for you, but I really want your, I want to hear what you have to say because a lot of people I, I trust and I, and I agree with often found something in this movie that I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. And, and I, be, if you, if you find it, I would love for you to try to explain sure. it to me. Yeah. I, I will definitely watch it soon. Cause I've just been, I mean, it's been out since I think Halloween and every time people start talking about it, I'm like, Ooh, I can't participate, but I'm really curious where I fall. Yeah, so yeah. I, I need to, to do that soon. Cause I'm just, I'm tired of not being able to participate. It's 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 good. It's well made. Okay. And it there are aspects of it that are fun. Mm-hmm. So even if even if you don't like it, I it don't, won't be a total wash. You don't. Think I don't. Yeah. I think you'll at least be like, well, that was weird. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, similar. I know I'll do a pair of movies, and I know you've seen one of, but not the other. But I know you had similar feelings on that. Uh, we did, and I think it's very funny the way we had to watch these movies because, again, as we all know, um. Hey, everything is streaming, but not everybody has every single streaming site. And Mm -hmm. I just don't like to pay to rent movies. It feels weird to me to have to do. I would much rather like, oh, no, I'll just wait for it to come on whatever streaming site I have. Or I'll just get the Netflix disc of Pearl and X. (laughs) Which just, again, feels very funny to do these days. Um, But yeah, so we did Pearl and X. And you have not done Pearl yet, correct? I have not seen Pearl. I, I probably talked about x on this show I yeah i know remember. you were not really a fan of it i was it was fine i just again like it's really cool to see people especially people younger than me mm-hmm. connecting with horror movies yeah. that i then watch and go like, <laughs> i'm not mad at that in any way i don't i'm not under any any illusion that these are all supposed to cater to me but i didn't get x the way that other people did and the, that's the reason why i haven't seen pearl yet because i don't know that i'm going to get anything out of it which well, seems weird it, i think what's in there's a lot that's interesting about it and like i'm happy because i've been mixed on ty west like i yeah same. i love um house of the devil i 
really I was disappointed by Innkeepers. I know people love it. I'm that's one that I'm gonna rewatch because I I'm curious if I feel differently about that. I really didn't like Sacrifice. I have not I forget what else he's done recently. He's done like some directing for TV and even that I haven't liked. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of felt like I don't know. I feel like the that like I'm he's not really for me anymore. Uh but when I like see interviews with him and stuff, I'm like, no, like he seems like somebody that I would like I should have kind of a simpatico with. And um so watching X and Pearl, I was pretty like I had heard a lot of people whose opinions I really value really rave about Pearl. And a, a, I know a lot of people went crazy for X, and then I heard like people like you and like of like people I compare you to in terms of like whose opinions I tend to agree with and stuff kind of seem to say like yeah X was good but Pearl's really good and um so we watched both I did really like both I do think they it is really interesting as a film project in a way of how these films talk to each other and sort mm-hmm. of like. X as a standalone film, I thought was really enjoyable. I thought it was well made. I loved the cast. I, you and I are both um, Brittany Snow yep. diehards, and she's great in it. And I love that she gets to do. Like, I was mad. I'm like, can she be the like Mia Goth is great, but like, I was ready for her to be the final girl just because I love her and I don't mm-hmm. think she gets enough to do. Um, I didn't love, but because I knew Pearl was coming. I was, like, kind of okay with some of the casting, but I don't love that this is a story about, in some ways, about kind of, like, I love that it's sort of about, like, in a way, you could take it as a sex positivity movie. Yeah. Um, in a genre that usually is all about punishing sex, this is a movie that's kind of really celebrating it. And I liked the idea that it was sort of saying to me, like, well, like, we're all going to die. And some of us are going to die younger than others. So have fun and do this thing that your body wants to do. All that said, then why have a, like, Mia Goth play a an old woman? If that's part of it, I think it just would have been more interesting to have an older actress in that part. Thank you. I didn't understand a lot yeah. of the choices. If and this is not a read on anybody that liked it or even about what the thesis of the movie is, because just because I feel the thesis was one thing doesn't mean that that's what it was supposed to be. But what I was getting out of the movie, the movie wasn't supporting that. Like if it was about those things to me, the movie didn't reinforce that it, it undercut that by making certain choices. And that is among them that the, the, the way that the, the old woman character mm-hmm. who plays her, how she interacts with the world to me, undercut the strength and the power of some of the other of, stuff of in the it. ideas that I think are really the strong, like the more interesting thematic ideas. Yeah. I can yeah. agree with you on that. But, like, I mean, maybe what I thought the theme was or should have been or whatever isn't mm-hmm. what Ty West wanted us to get out of it. Very which possible. Is, which is fine. But, like, yeah, it left me a little cold. And and, and that has kept me from watching Pearl. Mm-hmm. Something that I think maybe I would have been more excited to watch if I had if I had walked away from X with, like, you know, any type of fondness for yeah. it. Yeah. I would say it's funny because it reminds me in some ways of um flags of our fathers and letters to Jima when clint eastwood made those two movies that came out like the same year and it was the same basically it was this battle but from two different points of view and i like made the decision i'm like no no no, i have to see flags of our fathers because everybody talks about how good iwo jima is so if i watch that one first i'm not going to want to watch this and so on and like yes iwo jima is a better movie but you it does really help to see flags of our fathers first and in this case i would say like 
if you're out there and you haven't seen either, I almost think you, I don't think you need X to watch Pearl. Uh, because Pearl is such a specific, different story. Mm-hmm. Um, in style, it's very different stylistically. Like he's he's doing a lot in Pearl, uh, and I I was there for it. I can understand it maybe not working for everybody, but he's he's playing with Technicolor. He's doing Wizard of Oz things. So obviously, mm-hmm. like, I'm a mark for that right there. Um, and I mean, Mia Goth in Pearl is. Like, yeah, she should be in the Oscar conversation. She won't be, but she is phenomenal in that movie and really is, like, the entire movie. Um, I don't know. Like, overall, like, I think X is an enjoyable slasher that has some 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 interesting ideas, some of which I think are really fresh. A few that I think are fresh, but, like we're saying, don't, are kind of un- undermined by some other mm-hmm. choices. Uh, Pearl is just something different and new, and I I think you like you should watch Pearl, uh, just to see. I I don't know. I have a feeling it might not work for you because I think you also have a lot of like baggage now from X. Yeah. Um, but on its own, it's just it's an, really uh, it's something different, and it was surprising in a lot of ways. Hmm. I'll, I'm sure I'll get to it, and I really should revisit X if if for no other reason than to like firm up my feelings Mm -hmm. on it yeah because it's become such a such a staple of of speaking about modern horror in like modern feminist horror and modern horror Mm. performances so it is going to keep coming up yeah and you'll have one more i think next year so because he's doing the third i think maxine is the third oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah um all right what else do you have in horror i have a few more i saw smile that's right and you didn't like smile I, I didn't. I, I again. I believe I gave it a two and a half, which is middle, because because Kyle Gallner was in it. I did, and get he's to really see him. he's so sweet in it. Like he's just sad puppy dog eyed Kyle Gallner. He's very cute in it. He's very cute in it, very sweet in it, and he's in it. So I mean, extra star and a half for that, I guess. <laughs> I I didn't have a problem with it. Like it was it was. I just everything kind of fell a little flat, and I didn't understand the point of it. Uh, no, mm. I don't know. I guess I'm to a point where, like, if I don't understand your through line, then why did you even make a movie? There is it, an argument to be made about that movie that um, nothing matters in a way yeah. because journeys that are taken don't actually have any. Nothing anybody does makes a difference, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a nihilist way to read it, but like that—that's definitely there. Uh, curious, how did you, because I thought, the thing I really liked about it, and I was curious if you would feel this too, the sister relationship to me was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think that it wasn't, it was, the characters It's a really small part of it, but it's like just this one thing that feels a little elevated and a little like, oh, there's a lot there in this one scene that worked for me. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. For me, it, it didn't work as a horror movie, but mm, it, sure. it there were other like things about like as a movie, there were other things that worked. Yeah. Um, I and I've I've heard a lot of people say that they they were turned off by that the way it ended, as was I. But I was already I think done with mm-hmm. it. That's fair. By by then, sure. I just didn't hit. It didn't hit. And there's yeah. so much ho- there's so much horror that like 
that's that's fine because I can go find three other things that I'll give four and five stars, you know, like things that really speak to me and move me. But like, I, I, and I also have to at some point come to the come to the realization that I have seen maybe I've seen so many movies and <laughs> that that like not everything is gonna fucking rock me like a hurricane. Yeah, like, of course, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, we Can't All Be 2008's Vipers, made for the Sci-Fi Channel, which was my first movie of 2023. I was going to say, sounds like this is about snakes. Uh, yes. Um, compu- genetically enhanced snakes that are just computers. And the thing about this movie, uh, Tara Reid is there. Uh, the general or major from Twin Peaks, I forget the actor's name, but you know exactly who I mean. Yes, I know He's who there. Uh, Corbin Brinson is there. Um this is exactly what you think it is. There are snakes on an island and they are eating people and they are all CGI. Mercedes McNabb shows up and you're like, yay! And then you see that she's like middle in the credits. You're like, oh, she's going to get eaten by snakes. And she does. Uh, here's like, This was fun. And the thing about this movie I'm watching, I'm like, you know, people can go crazy for, um, oh, yet another great Tom Hanks performance. Or, oh, hey, look at Colin Farrell in, in this Martin McDonough movie where he's working against great screen partners. Tara Reid has to act only against CGI snakes. She's got to be really scared of something that's not even on set with her. Like, maybe the director threw a tennis ball at her and was like, be scared of that. But there, give credit to where it's due on these sci-fi actors who have to do this stuff. So, Vipers, it's on Amazon Prime. If you are hungry for a CGI snake movie, it's there. I mean, I you sold me. No, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to watch a CGI. You don't have to watch movie, it. But... It's not very good, but it's fun and it did what that's, I needed. That's very funny. Yes. I like Tara Reid. Yeah, she's fine in it. <laughs> Give me um, another horror. I do uh, on Shutter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blood Relatives. Ooh, uh, I don't know this one. Directed. Uh, by Noah Sagan, starring Noah Sagan. Uh, oh, yes, I do. I have not seen this, but I have heard things on it. Uh, I like the little Noah Sagan. What did you think of this? It is, it is very sweet and very wholesome. It is a vampire movie uh, with a lot of uh, a lot of stuff about Jewish heritage. And, uh, Interesting. And it's a different, it comes from a different angle and from a different mm-hmm. place. And I, I appreciated it for no other reason than that it was doing different things mm-hmm. with, a, with a kind of, you know, overtread genre at this point. Sure. Um, but it, it, you could feel its budget a lot of the time. Okay. And, and maybe it could have been a little bit more refined. But, but for what I was presented, uh, I thought it was really sweet and wholesome and told like an interesting, nice story. You yeah. Know? Good. So I do recommend it if anybody's interested in checking it out. Nice. Um, I'll do... This wasn't a Shudder. This was a Canopy. I thought it was Shudder. Uh, on Canopy, Fulci's 1970-somethings, The Psychic. Have you ever seen this? Oh, Giallo? I have not. I have not seen The Psychic. It's good. Uh, so I'm not the biggest Giallo fan. I've, I've said this time and time again. However, I am 100%... If you ask me who's your favorite Italian director, no question, it's Fulci. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether it's trash or, like, actual good movies, he, to me, like, he, I won't say he never misses, because there's some stuff as you get, like, farther into the 80s where, like, he's really just phoning stuff in. But he is both a good director when he's making, like, a good, like, an actual good film, and he's also a fun director when he's making something bonkers. And Psychic is good. It's a mystery. It's, um... A lot of, 
like I didn't fully get it. Like I'm like I don't know that I fully understood how all the pieces lined up, but I'm pretty sure they did. I think I just wasn't paying enough attention. Uh, it is uh, Jennifer O'Neill who is stylish as fuck. Like it's that very like Julie Christine don't look now type mm-hmm. styling where mm-hmm. just every outfit she wears, you're like, oh, oh, can, can I pull that off? I couldn't pull that off, but I would try. Uh, she's got great boots. She's got great coats. Like, just st- a very, very stylish woman. Uh, great sort of, um, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, she sees the future, or does she see the past? Or is thing- have things happened? Have they not happened? So it's a lot of, like, time things not lining up. Uh, it's it's a mystery. It's got good music. It is a real... If you're looking for, like, oh, I want, like, a good... Something from that era. I want something that... Maybe it's scary, or maybe it's just cool Italian. Like, this is a high recommend. I You said Canopy? Canopy, yep. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to look into it. I yeah. I feel the same about uh, Giallo. Yeah, yeah. And, and Fulci, yeah. I, I, I don't watch as much as I should, because so so many Giallo, Gialli, yeah. can can just not, not, like, permeate yep. my my I, it just doesn't work but yeah. like and yeah i mean you and i have covered some work, yeah we're not argento overly yeah. films, so. but when it works it's it's great yeah. so so yeah oh and good. prime dummy death the opening scene has like a great great oh. dummy falling to its death so very fun yeah if that if nothing else why else would you not want to watch this movie <laughs> yeah I think that's all I have for horror. Oh, wow. Okay. I beat you there. I have two more. All right. Okay. Also older movies, um, because, you know, I'm classy like that. And um, Brandon and I had, like, I forget how this happened, but we kind of have sort of, like, kept talking about different Phantom of the Opera adaptations. And I remember watching these as a kid so often, because they were always on TV. And I get, there's one from the 40s and one from the 60s, and I would watch them, and I couldn't remember which one I liked. Um, So we had to track down the Hammer uh, Phantom, which is from 1962, mm-hmm. uh, disc from Netflix, as of I do. Of course. Uh, this is directed by Terrence Fisher, who did um, a whole lot of movies I don't really like, including this movie. Uh, it is entertaining in that it's Technicolor and it's Phantom of the Opera, so there's opera and big sets and big costumes, but man, this is a slog. The Phantom, I apparently, like, there's mixed... Um, uh, there's, it seems like there's no consensus on this, but at one point, Cary Grant was going to be in this movie, and it seems as though some people theorize he was going to play the Phantom, and that's why the Phantom is a more sympathetic character in this movie. Mm. But it just makes like, wait, so the Phantom isn't killing people, so what am I scared of? Um, like, the villain is much more this, like, sort of, like, evil conductor man, which is fine, but I'm not scared of him. I just want to see him get his comeuppance eventually, and I, I do, but... I don't know, it just, this is not a good one. And Terrence Fisher, in general, was a very, like, British director for Hammer. He did, you can look at his filmography. Almost every one of his films that I've seen, I've left being like, why do you take a good concept and make it boring? How does this guy do it over and over again? Um, but I'll, I'll end my horror with a movie that I did enjoy quite a bit. Uh, also from the 80s, I think. This was on HBO Max. Amityville 3D! Have I seen this one? Uh, Meg Ryan, Lori Laughlin. 
Yes, I okay. have that's, seen this yeah. one. I mean, they're not big parts of it, but they're they're in it, and that's what everybody remembers from it. I, I remember shouting Lori Laughlin when we watched yep. it. So. Um, baby face, both of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, like, it's. I always find it so funny when you watch a movie, especially, like, in, in a 70s or 80s horror film that has a very famous actor now, and sometimes when you're like, oh, my God, I get it. Like, Sharon Stone in um, that Wes Craven movie, uh, about the Amish, like never think of uh, deadly, deadly kiss. Is that it? Like where you're like, oh yeah, she pops. Like, and I feel like that Meg Ryan. Oh, in this deadly movie. blessing. Deadly blessing. Thank you. It like, was gonna drive me nuts if I didn't. Because <laughs> the 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 one with the poster and the spider. But yep. in this one too, like Meg Ryan has like two scenes and just completely, you're like, oh, if I was a casting director watching this movie, yeah, I would say, sure. who is that girl? I want her. Um, I I need to put her in more things because just totally like owns the camera when she's on. Uh, and this this was actually really fun for me. This was another movie that I feel like kind of has like the Jaws 3D thing where if it didn't have terrible 3D, it could have actually been like an actual good movie. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a creepy scene or two in this movie. Yeah, it's not it's not one of the absurdist, funny, ridiculous, throwaway yeah. kind of sequels that I think some people generalize all of the Amityville movies. And that some way. of them are bonkers, and I really yes. like how bonkers this franchise gets. Yeah, but this is still taking it pretty seriously, even though the 3D is again very laughable now. Uh, but there's some like there is one sequence that you're like, ooh, that is perfection. That is a ghost story told visually in one scene. And it's really good. And then the next scene is like, and here's a gooey goblin 3D monster. So it's a mixed bag. But if you haven't seen it, it it's worth. It's not boring. And there's a lot of things going on that are surprising, I think. Let's see. So no more horror for you? I don't think. I All was right. just kind of scrolling through my list as you were finishing up. And I don't see any more horror. All right. So uh, what I've got, I've got one drama, three comedies, one action, and uh, another movie we said we'd talk about at the end because we'll spoil it. Yes. So yes. I, uh, have, I have a smattering of stuff. Um, but I would like to know if we could take a break. We can certainly take a break. Let's Thank do you. it right now. And we're back, and now I have the microphone where it's supposed to be. I Woo. won't tell you where it was before, but um, um, it was just pointing the other direction. But anyway, uh, what genre would you like to move over to? Oof. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What? Let me see. The thrill, thriller, I guess. This sure. Is a thriller. Yeah. Tell me your thrillers. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I, if I would classify this movie this way. But I. So I watched a movie called Blood Knot. Blood knot, like not like N A U G T, or not like K N O T. That's very funny, but it's K N O T. Okay, I didn't even think about the fact that you could it could be different. Hey, things. we all have accents. We don't we don't think we do, but we do. I mean, you're you're completely right. So this is a movie directed by a guy that directed a lot of things like Turbulence Three, Heavy Metal, nice. and Mother May I Sleep with Danger. Ooh. I mean, um, talking my language so far. 
So it's also on <gasps> Tubi. I, I'm looking at the cast. We got Margot Kidder, Patrick Dempsey. Okay. Uh, on Tubi, so you can watch it right now for free. Mm-hmm. A grieving family opens its household to an unknown woman who claims to have been their dearly departed's girlfriend. Okay. What, is, what does that sound like to you? A, a wonderful Lifetime movie. Also, kind of maybe <gasps> like... The guest? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So it's very much oh. like The Guest. Well then. Um, my review is, this is this movie is a lot like The Guest, just with more incest. So if you want to take that review and run with it, it was very weird. And there were, there were, it was not obviously like a shot for shot version of the guest, but there was like setup and theme and stuff Mm. that was, it was kind of like, wait a second, Mm -hmm. is this the guest? Ah, okay. Well, uh, obviously you've sold it to me and (laughs) I hope that we've sold it to a lawyer somewhere who's going to get his money from uh, the director whose name I can't remember. Of the guest. Adam, Adam Wingard? That's right? it. Yeah. Okay. It, it was Swimming a around with that Godzilla cash now. Give it back to Bloodnot. It was a fun movie, and it's very much everything that we, like, everything I just said about it, that's what you get. It is nice. that kind of movie. And 1995, so it seems like this is catered-made to me. Tailor-made. Yes, catered. I, yeah. I would say you should watch it. Okay. Absolutely. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Definitely. Uh, do you have any more thrillers? I do not. I think this is a thriller. Mm-hmm. It's called The Quiet, directed by Jamie Babbitt. I'm a big Jamie Babbitt fan. Um, um, oh, oh, this is the one where that also feels like a Lifetime movie, right? Where there's like two, uh, a girl who's, who's deaf mute, maybe? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. moves in with Alicia Cuthbert's rich family and there's stuff going on. I have seen that movie. It is... I wanted it to be weird. I wanted Same. it to be just weirder and gayer and stranger and and more salacious. Yep. That being said, what we are actually presented with is very good. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's one that is is better than its reputation probably suggests. And I also Definitely. agree. If like that could have gone a little bit more in a clearer direction as far as what the tone was, because yeah. it ends up making you feel like a little icky. You're like, ew, yep. like. It's kind of sexy, but then you feel uncomfortable for it being sexy. Like it could have leaned on camp a little more, but it's a it's a, a tough tight tightrope to balance, for sure. And I, I think overall, though, it's definitely it's definitely worth watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm okay. glad I did. It's been on my list for a while, mm-hmm. um, and and I finally got around to it. Yeah. Uh, thriller, thriller. Um, I feel like I had something else. That's not really appropriate. Um, Ugh, I watched Teristas. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just scrolling past I am it. still mad at Teristas. <laughs> I think of this every time. I probably think about this movie once every, like, three months because something will come up. When I use this as the prime example of a movie, like, look, you're ma- if you're making a movie about, uh, and one of your characters is a doctor, maybe, like, okay, you don't need to know everything about being a doctor, but, like, just make sure that you're doing a little bit of research and that the do- the, that character is talking the way they should, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is something in this movie, and it's been out for a while, so it's not really a twist. I think anybody who knows much about this movie knows it's pretty people on an island, and what's happening? Oh, they're being hunted for their organs, right? Yep. And... I, this took me out of this movie so hard, and it's still, I think of this all the time, 
there is a scene where we find out what's happening and the doctor is like doing the thing the james bond thing of telling the person he's about to cut open why he's doing it and he says i you know this is a huge business for me i sell your organs you're young you're healthy they they will fetch a great price so i'm going to start with the most expensive and valuable organ there is i will cut out your spleen christine yeah, for all those spleen implants. Nobody fucking gets Transplant. spleen transplants. Spleen, <laughs> it's like the appendix is one of those things that's in you. And if there's ever a problem, they just take it right out and they don't give you a new one. You don't need the spleen. Nobody gets a fucking spleen transplant. And it no, still bothers I'm, me to this day. I'm on the list for a new spleen. Well, you're the one, Christine. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get it soon then. No, well, it, it, it's that. You're right. It's that. But it's everything else. Yeah. So we, we accidentally watched it. Accidentally. It, <laughs> It's up on maybe HBO under a different name. Oh, and and I and Zach and I were like, this isn't this isn't a movie we don't know about. This isn't a (laughs) a secret movie. And then we started watching it, and it was immediately obvious it was Teresa's. I think it was it it just was under a different name, and then it was already on, so we just watched it. Sure. (laughs) And it was I was like, I will never make that mistake again. Yep, 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 yeah. Um, I have a couple more. I guess could be thriller i watched a movie called bad education which was uh allison janney and hugh jackman oh uh, yeah the one that's set in um roslyn long island which i had a friend who used to live there i yelled about you Mm -hmm. oh yeah when we we knew the location i can't remember how i felt about the accents in that movie there's something yeah i feel like some people are making choices and others aren't yeah uh what did you what did you think of it it was a fine movie we've been getting into like embezzlement and like in Mm. white collar crime i yeah, guess yeah 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 so i thought that, hugh jackman was great in that in that like yes. it he is such a um like beautiful leading man and he's incredibly likable and like you never get to see him play a villain much less a really interesting one mm-hmm. and i think in that movie he gets to gets to actually play a character that like a character actor role and he's really good and he just why would you cast Hugh Jackman in that part but then as you watch it like you get it you're like no 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 this is actually really brilliant casting and I, I think he's very good in it I, I tend to agree he it was it was for me it was the performances the story yeah. was like not anything shocking or, or that sure. interesting but the performances were super solid mm-hmm. um I am gonna call side effects maybe a thriller yeah, uh, I, I would I would agree with that. It's been a while the, since I saw that. Yeah, two, 2013. I feel like it just came out, yeah. but obviously not. Uh, Steven Soderbergh. I feel like I'm pretty lukewarm on most Soderbergh movies. Um, they don't always work for mm-hmm. me. Um, this one was fine. I, I don't... I'm so sorry about Rooney Mara. I just don't understand her. Um, I... So I have really strong, like personal opinions on her where i think i when i've heard interviews with her i actively like want to throw something at the wall because i find her as a person pretty insufferable and i don't normally like like feeling that way especially about women um but she has given interviews that are just insulting to people she's worked with and she's married to joaquin phoenix and i just always imagine like going to a dinner party at their house and just how miserable an experience that would be. Like, they probably wouldn't serve you food. They'd serve you a plate and then sit there and talk about, like, how we, we um, consume things that we shouldn't. Um, so I just have theories on them. But I will say, she is one of those actors where occasionally, when she is cast right, it's like, damn, 
uh, I don't want to love you in Carol, but you're so fucking good in Carol. She's so good in Carol. Yeah. And I, this is not, in my opinion, a Carol-level performance. Got it, got like, it. Like, she's here. There, There's a point towards the end where she gets interesting because it's kind of like, there's like a, a, a twist or whatever, a reveal. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know... It, character motivations are clearly different um there's it's it played like a like a above average episode of dateline sure um i i again i'm into these kind of weird white collary crimes you know i mean there is murder in this but still the it is pharma stuff it's interesting Mm -hmm. uh i don't regret watching it but i i definitely expected maybe something a little bit punchier um I rewatched The Roommate, and this has become a movie <laughs> that I watch constantly. <laughs> I really need to rewatch it sober. You do, I because do. I know there are people that have now heard this story 150 <laughs> times, but we went to see The Roommate for Emily's birthday my in 29th, My 29th birthday. In per- like, So this is back when Emily and I were people that saw each other. <sighs> we went to the movie theater in Manhattan, and... Emily was very loud during it. I was very loud. I was very and drunk. I don't remember a lot of it. It I'm... was hilarious. <laughs> it, like, young women, like, younger girls shushed her. Like, that's... like. And it, I am like, so horrified to, like, realize that now. No, it was amazing. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It's one of my favorite memories. But... But that had nothing to do with my enjoyment of the movie. I didn't really (laughs) like it. I was like, this is a silly movie. This is a movie. This is a trite, ridiculous. Who cares about this movie? I'm... Uh, this is such an Emily thing to make me go and see. And then, <laughs> and then I just dumped it out of my brain. And I always had like a really negative feeling about it. But I've, I've rewatched it semi-recently twice now. Leighton Meester is a revelation in it. I've always liked her. I thought she was the best thing on Gossip Girl. She's... she. I, I've, I've, I've grown to really um, appreciate the weirdness of her performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's making choices in this movie like she's one of those actresses that i feel like um would have such a more interesting career if she wasn't quite as pretty as she is yeah like if she could play the character role she'd be like really have interesting things going on but she's just too pretty so she just gets cast in the boring parts as as the pretty girl but in this she's she's obviously maybe not you know the Mm -hmm. most balanced individual so she gets to do some weird stuff yeah and um, Billy Zane's weird, so <laughs> I think that's on Tubi. Okay, we should I, we should cover that one day in the future. Yes, it on it's on list. Tubi, and we should talk about it because yes. I would I think it's worth talking about. Um, I'm gonna shut up in a second. The last thing is the menu. I don't know if yeah. you would call that a thriller. Uh, I don't know because I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to soon because I'm I'm very ex- I have been like hounding um you know my imaginary friends for years about why aren't there more like cooking based horror movies and i mean there's a few cannibalism horror films but like i always say like you have like all of these horror films about reality shows and like wouldn't it be great if there was a movie that was just like a bunch of chefs wake up and they are like realize they have been kidnapped by a madman who is forcing them to cook each other like just tell me that story like make a movie like that i'm gonna see it i'm sure other people will too so the menu looked really exciting to me just as soon as i saw the trailer i'm like ah this is made for me but i haven't watched it yet i look forward to you watching it and then we can talk about it did you like it um i don't know that i liked it i didn't 
hate it or anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't have like strong moral, you know, sure. <laughs> issues with it. But I just, I didn't. Again, it felt muddled. It felt first drafty script wise. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I felt I didn't understand character motivations. It okay. felt, you know. But other people seem to really enjoy it. So. Right. All right, well, I will probably watch it by the next time we, we do one of these. Yeah, I hope I remember enough about it to engage in conversation. <laughs> um, any more thrillers? I think that's it. I think I have, like, two action-y ones, and then right. I, think, I think I'm done. All right, so go for your action-y. What you got? Um, I think I would call Emily the Criminal uh, action-y. Again, I don't know, because I haven't seen it. It is really, really good. Nice. I, I I'm hearing love, good things. I would love you to watch it. Okay, okay. Um... It's really great, and Aubrey Plaza is really good. And it's like, um, you know how we talk about like, oh, what fem- troubled female characters or like villainous women mm-hmm. characters? Like, why can't we have more negative depictions of women <laughs> and stuff? But this does really present you with a with a not that likable, mm-hmm. nuanced character. Nice. And it, I think that's still novel. Like when we when we don't. When we get a, a flawed woman, that is just unapologetically yeah. flawed through the runtime of a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still something we have to reach for. Nice. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. Oh yeah, I watched Black Adam and I didn't like it. I've heard nobody say anything good about it. Uh, Other than yeah. The Rock, who's very sad that he doesn't get a second one, I think. The, it, yeah. Yeah, it's not, not, not great. Um, And then... Do you say the movie, this movie title RRR? Is that how you say it? I think so. I still haven't seen it, so I I know very little on it. I know roughly. The, I mean, the runtime is what scares me of it. Uh, the RRR runtime, if you will. <laughs> see what I did um, there? You saw what I did there? That was pretty I, good, right? I liked it. It Thank was you. really good. Thank you. I've never heard anybody say the title of it out loud. I've only read it on the internet. Um. I renewed Netflix just to watch it. Oh, oh, it's on Netflix now. Okay. Yes. Nice. Um, I review. I watched it just because it was the first movie of the year. I wanted to watch a good movie. Look at you starting with a bang year. and me starting with Vipers. It. Well, last year I picked a silly movie, and then Letterbox just kept telling me all year that I made a mistake. Every time I looked at it, it was like your first movie was something silly, and I was like, I need to be serious about I this. I don't appreciate that judgment. <laughs> this movie is as good as everybody says. Nice. Um, you would like it. I want to. I just, I am so scared of that runtime. I, I have I, to I'm dig tell to you, find that time. Don't be scared of it. Split it up okay. into five pieces if you have to. Okay. It it flew by. Nice. Nice. I know people say that, but it really did. It didn't feel like three hours. I think because of the the style of storytelling, it was, it's, it's, it, there's parts of it that are, that feel um, episodic. Okay. And I think it would lend itself to splitting up pretty well. All right, great. Maybe I'll do it like a whole full week of pre-work watching. It's, it's really wild and yeah. fun. I mean, everybody is so delighted by it. I'm sure I will like it. I just uh, I haven't yet, but I'm, okay, I'll do it. Um, Probably on the Rur, uh train, I can't imagine everybody felt the same way about Roadhouse 2, Last Call, but I finally watched Roadhouse 2, Last Call, and yes, I had to get the Netflix disc because it's not streaming anywhere. I've never seen Roadhouse. Really? Yeah. Oh, that shocks me. I love Roadhouse. It is, I mean, pure, like, pure of heart, 80s action, dumb, but, like, almost pretentious in, in aspects, and I, I adore it. I really do. Like, that is a movie that if I'm in a bad mood, I can turn that on and be a little happier. 
Doesn't uh, somebody get their throat ripped out in it? Yes, I believe so. Um, there's there's so much going on in Roadhouse. It's wonderful. Roadhouse 2, last call. Uh, it is written by and starring Jonathan Sheck, who you and I yep. um, were fans of during the Masters of Horror run. Yep. <laughs> uh, he's okay in it. He's not, I mean, he's not Patrick Swayze, who is, uh, this, this is fine. It's, I don't know, it's kind of what you would expect for a, like, early 2000s sequel to a action movie from 1980 seven uh i don't know not really worth seeking out but it is fine um didn't didn't lighten my heart the way i was hoping it would but what does what does i i can't say that i'll watch it but i might watch roadhouse i think zach has got a steel book of it oh nice yeah you guys should definitely do a roadhouse day (laughs) okay i'll do that all right uh drama comedy or the ones i have left what else do you have i don't I watched White Noise. I guess that's drama comedy. Oh, what did you think of that? Should I watch it? Should I read I the book instead? Or in addition? I've not read the book. Yeah. And I, and I, at this point, I don't know a lot about, like, I'm not well versed on what's different or, like, what people are saying mm-hmm. book versus movie. So I don't know if it's, like, a good adaptation or anything. Um, I liked it enough. I didn't love it. There mm-hmm. was things, I, I've seen people complain that they it wasn't about anything um and that's not an unfair thing to say it it kind of it kind of stops being about what it's about and starts being you know about life and relationships Mm -hmm. and and stuff and uh there's a, a a thing they're doing with speech and cadence and delivery that's uh you know Kind of tough to get on board with. Okay, but if you can like just get into it, it it it's fine and it works for what it is. Uh, I'm this is not going to be something I, I revisit. I don't mm. think. Okay, yeah, it seemed really interesting when I first was hearing about it, mm-hmm. and then I haven't heard anybody really vouch for it. I've heard some people hate it, and some people kind of say like you, like um, you could see there's stuff going on, but eh. so it's probably one that like. At some point, it'll be like a weekend gym watch or something. Um, yeah, yeah, I think... Let me know what you think, though. Definitely. I will. I will, of course. Uh, in drama, I have one drama that's sort of... I, I guess it's drama. So I read the book, and then I was curious, because I knew there was a film adaptation. It is Ron Howard's In the Heart of the Sea. Uh, you would remember this movie if you went to the movies in, like, 2015, because every... This is one that must have had, like, a lot of delays in production, because I feel like I saw the trailer for this movie about eight times. Who, who's in this one? Chris Hemsworth. Okay, I yeah. thought so. Yes, I've seen this trailer many mm-hmm. times. You're right. Uh, it is... Um, I loved the book. It's, it was a nonfiction uh, story about the, basically um, the story that inspired Moby Dick, about mm-hmm. whalers whose ship was capsized by a whale and then basically were like starving and resorted to cannibalism and also were like just basically near death. Uh, and book was, I, I like, um, <laughs> I was just, when I read the book, I got really excited because I didn't know there was cannibalism. Ooh. And I like got so, Brandon's like, what are you, why are you, you look really happy. I'm like, <gasps> surprise cannibalism in this nonfiction book about explorers. I'm excited. Um, so that's, that's where I go. The movie is, uh, um, part of it is I watched the Netflix disc and that's a very muddy print, so it doesn't look great. And I'm sure it looked mm. better in theaters, but it's just one of those things where you're like, I get why anybody would want to film this because it's a great story. Um, but also 
why take a lot of the things that were interesting and just change them in ways that make them slightly less interesting. <laughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth, like, and part of the thing, like, you're reading this, anytime you're reading nonfiction, it should be a pretty um, straight account of things. So rarely is there a hero in a story, right? You might have the character that emerges as the hero, but nobody makes every right decision. And in the movie, the way they, like, uh, change Chris Hemsworth's character to just always be right about everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just so boring as a result. You're like, no, like, part of the interesting thing is that he's at fault, like, and he made this mistake and that mistake, but he's still this, but it's just, no, no, no. Like, clearly they were like, nope, we gotta make it, um, you know, filmable and you know, very clear on who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. So it just loses the nuance, and it's not that exciting, and to mm. me it just didn't look great, so I can't imagine there's any reason for anybody to watch it, but read the book. That was enjoyable. Um, I have three comedies and then the other movie left. Do you have anything uh, else? Not, in- not really. I watched Longshot again with the Seth Rogen Charlie's movie. That's a great oh, comedy, but so I've talked about that. that ad nauseum on oh. this podcast. Well, a movie I rewatched that I talk about ad nauseum, <laughs> even though it was probably like 15 years since I last saw it. Uh, I finally said, I'm like, you know what? I'm ma- I've been married for too long to have not subjected my husband to the cutting edge. I haven't watched this in probably like 20 years, 25 years. I love The Cutting Edge so much. It, I used to love it too. Yeah. Um, it was interesting is like, I was really curious how, how it aged and how I'd feel about it. And I think I still really enjoy it. I think it's a fun romantic comedy. I think there is nuance to the characters. I think um, Maura Kelly is great in it. And to me, like, I remember as a kid hating her, just thinking, like, oh, she's the worst. And watching it today, I'm like, I understand this character so much more. Like, yes, they they have done the very simple ice princess thing. But watching it today, I'm like, and also part of this is I'm a figure skating fan, so I understand a little bit more of what it must be like to be a figure skater. And to me, like, no, this makes sense. Um, and Brandon thought, like, he's like, it feels a little bit like they're leaning on the, like, he's a dopey hockey player, she's the culture figure skater. Yeah, so, like, yeah. yeah, that's there. Like, he's like, it seemed like he felt it was a little bit, like, that the movie hated her. Um, I think it might have in 1992. I think today I watch it and I don't feel that way, but I can understand mm-hmm. somebody watching it for the first time and feeling that way. Ah. And, yes, the, the Pomchenko is still the greatest move in figure skating that is physically impossible to actually do. Um, two other comedies. One was uh, Manhattan Murder Mystery, which is a Woody Allen film from early '90s, I think. Mm-hmm. Alan Alda. I ever, yeah, I don't think I ever actually saw that one. Uh, it's a very good. It's New York. Um, I liked it. It's. I mean, anytime you kind of talk about Woody Allen, you sort of say it with a like, you know, like yes, I don't. Um, and he's in it, so there's that. But um, it's very funny. It's um, Diane Keaton and Alan, Alan Alda are really like the best things in it, and they're great. Um, it's a fun, it's, it's fun. If you are, if you are not somebody that is bothered by dealing with the Woody Allen aspect of things, um, and you like mysteries, then this is a fun take on that. And then the last one, which was also, I guess we were kind of on like a mystery train. We did, um, Without a Clue. Have you seen Without a Clue with Michael Caine? Oh, Oh, you would dig this. So here's what's fun about this movie. It is a Sherlock Holmes uh, story. It is, is it F. Murray Abraham, I think? No, Ben Kingsley. I always get the two confused. Uh, and it's Watson and Holmes. The the kind of twist of this, which I think, I didn't realize this was one of the first ones to do this, because I have always kind of seen this played out. 
But the twist is really that, like, Watson is actually the brains and Holmes is just kind of the front man. And Michael Caine is Holmes and he is, like, an act, kind of like a drunk actor who's sort of doing this. He's so great in it. Uh, ben Kingsley is great. This is directed by... Tom Everhart. Uh-huh. So excited Of Soul Survivor and Night of the Comet. And yeah. it was, like, one of those, like, oh, wait, wait, what? Um, and it's really fun. It is... It moves really well. It has great timing. It's just, like, you're watching Michael Caine and Ben Kingsley play off of each other, and it just doesn't get more, like, like these two men who know what they're doing than that. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a hearty recommend. I think you would like it. Did you say where you watched it? We had the DVD. So. Okay. But uh, it might I'll be streaming somewhere. track it down. Yeah. Um, those were everything. And then, as you and I were going through, like, other things we watched that were new that we both watched. There was one that I said, let's save to the end because we'll talk about it. Uh, did you have anything else before we talk about Don't Worry Darling? Um, I watched Glass Onion in the theater you over did. Thanksgiving and I don't rem- um, I'm going to watch it again before I officially weigh in. Okay. We are going to watch it tomorrow. We. Oh, okay. So next time we talk. Yeah. We were trying so hard. Like, we're like, we have to watch it. I have been, I haven't muted things, but I just keep like averting my eyes anytime I see any glass onion talk anywhere on social media. Cause I don't want it ruined. I don't want it to, you know, I, I'd yeah. like, it's a mystery. I want to enjoy it fresh. So tomorrow I'm like, no, no, no. We have to carve out two and a half hours. We're doing this tomorrow. Well, I hope you enjoy it. I hope so too. Um, so don't worry, darling, which I felt if, um, at this point, like it's been out for a while, it's on HBO max, but if you haven't seen it, like it, there's a twist or whatnot, which isn't that surprising of a twist. So I figured let's save that till the end so we can talk about it freely. So spoiler alert, don't worry, darling. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. Um, I was really bothered by it. And I I said this on Twitter. I feel like this would have been an interesting movie 20 years ago. Um, I think I could see this as a book. I could see this, like, why it might have been a good blacklisted screenplay at some point. Yep. But, like, it's 2022 now. Mm -hmm. If you're going to tell a, like, Stepford Wives story. Yep. Why are we still telling the 1950s style Stepford Wives story? What did it add? What did it add? Yeah. What did it add? Um, I'm so so sorry. I'm absolutely livid at this movie. Oh, please. Is, 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 I, I'm gobsmacked. Yeah, keep, truly, truly, keep this going. movie is, yeah, this, mo- this movie is, um, there, I, there's so many problems with it. Yeah. So it tries to be this feminist manifesto. It is not. But it absolutely flounders yeah. on every, it just completely unsuccessful on every level. Um, during, I know I'm not going to get into personal stuff with Olivia Wilde because I frankly don't care. Right. But during the press tour, she did say that this was, about female pleasure so <laughs> so because harry styles i'm trying not to be vulgar because so I'm, ha- I'm angry so it comes out when i'm vulgar um, but <laughs> so because because harry he styles orally pleasures florence Pugh chooses to 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 pleasure his wife that way well that's feminism christine because that that is what it is because and that's true as from my own personal experience and observations uh white feminists often believe that that a man performing oral sex on a woman is the ultimate form of fem- feminist sex because the man is technically not, and I'm using air quotes, getting anything <laughs> out of it. So when I see that take, I'm immediately concerned because yeah. that is a very weird 
way uh-huh. to approach female sexuality. Um, the reason why, obviously, if you've seen it and you're listen- you've listened this far, the reason why that's insulting is because the whole the whole situation is predicated on it's it's Florence Pugh's character. She's being repeatedly raped. She's being yeah. held captive she has against no her agency will. In any of this. There's none of that is is female pleasure. None of that is hot. So yeah. knowing that is a real thing that she said. Yep. Knowing that she said that and then made this movie, it's not surprising to me that it's completely tone deaf. Everything's yeah. off and weird. Nothing connects. These things that are supposed to be viewed as like empowering aren't. For, Florence Pugh's character, Florence Pugh's doing work. But like uh, yeah. nothing can save this movie. No, no, no. This is one of those things where you're like, I. Um, I, I Florence Pugh has to me has done no wrong in anything she's done. I think she's one of the most exciting actors today. And you're watching this, you're like, she is doing everything in her power for a character that makes zero sense at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, you the... wonder, would it have been? Because I know, like, the thing everybody was lodging at it was like, well, it's because Harry Styles is is so inexperienced, and that's a problem. Now, I'll say. And this is a weird thing to say. The problem with this movie is it's kind of from the wrong point of view. Because this entire movie is Florence Pugh's character. But ultimately, like you're saying, she has absolutely no agency in this. This is all Harry Styles' decisions. Yes. And the movie, I don't think, has the ability to ma- to see things or to show us things from his point of view. And on one hand, it doesn't make sense for me to say this should have been his movie versus hers, because that seems really, really wrong. Yeah. But it should have. If this is, it almost would have been a more interesting story to have centered it on the incel than on the victim, because she's a victim. That's all she is in this. Yeah. But the movie's inability to, to commit to that and to frame her that way is is not good. I know that we don't want to watch two hours or whatever of a woman being victimized, but when it, that's literally what your movie's about, but you refuse to commit to that angle, yeah. like I and and I'm sorry, but Harry Styles was terrible. Yeah. He was terrible in this. He disappeared in every scene. Yes. And 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 it just from and, and not to, and again, I don't want to be mean to Olivia Wilde because Booksmart was like I loved Booksmart. Yeah. But the impression she was doing like what she was trying to emulate it all felt so hollow and pointless like ma'am you are not jordan peele but yeah it at points it felt like it was well shot like it felt pretty and and, and like it looked good but what was being centered on screen was meaningless yeah. like when when jordan peele decides to stick a camera and hold it on something it's it's we're supposed to be getting something out of it it's telling us mm-hmm. a story but then olivia wilde just showed us cars pulling out yeah. be- i guess because they're all the guys go in their cars and they go somewhere but cool what are you telling me by showing like i don't know man she's not she really fucked up on this oh, and the more you start thinking about anything detail wise yes. falls apart yeah because like Gemma chan's character the end of the movie stabs um uh chris the other chris chris pine and you don't understand why. Like, yeah. does she know what's going on? How do some women know and some don't? Was she? What is she getting out of this? What's the point of this? What actually happens in the real world? Oh, like Florence Pugh, I guess, is alive at the end because we hear her breathe. But is she like in a facility somewhere? Is she dead now? Like, there. Um, another movie that did this much better is uh, the Into the Dark series, Culture Shock. 
which mm. had a very similar story, but was about um, basically um, Latin American immigration. And it, right down to the imagery is do, and a couple of years earlier is doing a very similar thing and has a point of view and deals with all the aftermath and all the other stuff going around it. And so there's that aspect of like, I feel like Olivia Wilde thought this was a really um, like fresh, creative movie and every idea is so stale and doesn't fit together. Yeah. Um, and even like the little things, I'm like, wait, Florence Pugh is a surgeon? She's like not even 30. How the fuck is she a surgeon? Like, yep. There's that. Um, yeah. Yep. In, 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 I think what's, what's, it's funny, this has come up a couple times. Uh, with Better Watch Out, like the, the, mm-hmm. the, the angle on that is almost yeah, spoiler like, alert, Better Watch Out. Let's talk, we can go through that now. Okay, so like the the part of the thing in, in Better Watch Out is that that little boy is awful. Like, yeah, he cart- is an cart- incel. He is growing up thinking, um, like he is absorbing all the poisonous internet yep. comments about how women aren't going to like him because he's too yep. nice or he's too this. So, yep. and women are and- stupid because they only want the hot guy. And the movie undoes that when, um, Better Watch Out, when the female character says like, I haven't had sex with any of these guys. Like, yes. you don't know me. You don't, You just because you think I am pretty and I am with hot men doesn't mean you know shit about me or the decisions I make. Yep. So his, you're completely right. And, and again, this ties back to P2. <laughs> the little boy in Better Watch Out is, I, I would argue, almost over the top, cartoonishly mm-hmm. bad and hateful. The same thing is true about, Wes Bentley in P2. I'm not going to spoil that movie at all, but he, he is, he is that, that's his rhetoric. That's the rhetoric he spews. And, and it's almost, and I remember thinking, oh, it's almost too much. Like this is too much. But now I feel like, oh no, it is enough. It's, it's balanced by the female performance. It's balanced by the outcome. Mm -hmm. Now, when, when we get the incel reveal on Harry Styles, he is over the top. It is, cartoonish it's, it's so but the, lazy it's like him listening to a podcast the movie doesn't support any no. of it and it's these it's he's he's and and i think the cartoonish evil of of that little boy and of west bentley it's okay in, yeah. the, in that in that context because those are heavily genre movies this is supposed to be like a serious drama but they do this like broad brush quick sketch of what like a bad man looks like well and it's and, a shame because they hung I, their hat on that well, that was and the whole movie i think there is a reading of probably the screenplay that makes the harry styles character not just of like he's of he's villainous but that it comes from a place of my wife is unhappy because she does work too hard and man, wouldn't it be nice if she didn't have to worry about saving lives, if she didn't have to worry about only sleeping a few hours and then going to work the next day, if she didn't have to worry about paying for things because I'm unemployed and I can't help her and she's doing everything and oh my God, wouldn't I want to take care of my wife? I want to give her everything. I want to give her a beautiful house and I want to come home and put my face in her vagina. Like that, I think, is what that character is supposed to be, where it's not just, oh, I'm going to listen to Chris Pine. There is something a little bit nuanced on paper about this man who comes maybe from, like his heart came from the right place of like, I married this wonderful woman and I've let her down. That's what I like was seeing. I'm like, that's there somewhere, except it's not actually on screen. 
I feel like that was in a screenplay, but you can't, A, you're, you're not doing it. And also when you have a really not experienced actor in that part, none of that translates. So it's just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I know the obvious uh, through line to draw is two Stepford Wives, but for me, it was more like the Stepford Wives remake. Totally. Yes. I'm fully, I'm a, I'm an apologizer for, I think it's doing really weird, interesting things and that I like it. It took that original, extremely troubling story and tried to make it into something different. And I applaud its efforts. This, for some reason, decided to pull huge swaths of, of that story. Like, right down to the costumes. Like, I feel like they just use costumes from that movie. And then, like, that thing, you know, how at the end of... It's kind of a reveal with Glenn Close and Christopher Walken characters right. in that. They kind of did something similar in this. And I was like, what What are we What are we doing here? Is this, yeah. is this a serious movie? Like, yeah, because then have a point of view. If you're saying, oh, there are women here who chose this, um... But then making no actual commentary on that. Because, like, you get a hint of Olivia Wilde's character and why she did. She's like, I have my kids here. Oh, okay. That that says something. I, I get that. I get this character. That's fine. The Gemma Chan character, what is that supposed to mean? Who is this woman? Does she know what's going on? I, it was incredibly frustrating. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. It, it was one that the more, like... I I watched it in, in in two breaks, which didn't hurt it at all. I don't think, um, and it was very like it ended. I'm like, well, man, I got a lot of problems with that. And I was thinking about it a lot, not in like, oh, it made me think, but more in like a this was such a hot mess of a movie, which is how I feel about the Stepford Wives remake. I think that movie is a hot mess. Yeah, I think you see all of the behind the scenes, which I think is similar in Don't Worry, Darling. All of the stuff you know that went down in production, you see on screen. I think Stepford Wives is saved by Nicole Kidman's performance and her character. Because I think there are fascinating things going on with her. Mm -hmm. And to an extent, like, the Matthew Broderick part in that movie is actually really similar to kind of, like, this idea of, I I am with my, my partner, who is the woman, is now way out of my league. She mm-hmm. has overcome me in career and in smarts. And, like, one of the funny lines I still think of in um, Stepford Wise Remake is when, like, he's like, you're better at me than everything. You're better at me in your career. You're better at me at the kids. You're better than me at sex. Don't argue. And she says, like, I wasn't going to argue. <laughs> like, that's really funny. Um, and I feel like that's the same idea here. And, like, sure, I'm sure that is still a theme. I am sure there are many women who are married to men who the women are more successful and the men feel, you know, very uncomfortable with that and so on. But it's 2022. Like this isn't new and bring something new to it and have something to say about it. And this movie for all of its bells and whistles, and it has a lot, it's over two hours. There's a lot going on, has nothing new to say. It is strange and 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 i no shade to anybody but like i find it really odd that there are people who genuinely seem to like this i want them to explain to me what they liked because i did Mm. not like a single thing the constant needle drops the constant music i really thought that was going to come into play that like maybe music was playing in the room with her or something yeah I really thought we were going to get some kind of explanation for how much was in it. 
like I, I, it was one of those movies that I was curious enough to like look up interviews because I, I I'm like this is such a mess that I want to know what happened mm-hmm. and I had read interviews with both Florence Pugh like and it was kind of before the really like bad stuff came out and even then she was still like you could tell that she was not enthused by this movie. Yeah. Um, and I read an interview with Olivia Wilde, and it was actually, um, it's worth looking up, because it's very, like, ugh. Because um, it's a conversation, it's Maggie Gyllenhaal interviewing Olivia Wilde about this movie. <laughs> and it just, like, the things Olivia Wilde, like, she talks about the dancers, and how um, Bugsby Berkeley, like, it's that dancer-type theme. And she's like, well, here's why I did that. I did that because, you know, he was known for being so awful to women, but yet it's so beautiful. And there's these these scenes that we still think of and everybody's the same. And it's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Why is Florence Pugh seeing that? Like, why would that actually be part of this world? Yep. Like, and why, like, you had to explain that to me of why this was a... Why did you think that was an important thing to hang this movie on? <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense. Made me very angry. Haven't been that angry in a while. I like being angry. Um, I can agree. This is probably because, like, you know, when we 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 just talked about like handfuls of movies where I was like, meh, not for me. Right. Like, Violent Night, meh, not for me. Yeah, Even Christmas, you, Bloody, Bloody Christmas. Christ- yeah, Christmas, like, you're like, meh. Yeah, not but made for this me. made me irate when I watched it. I, this is one like the difference between I think for me, like a Christmas Bloody Christmas. I can say not for me, and I wouldn't judge anybody if they said this was my shit. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, okay, I get it. It's not my shit. Uh, I don't like sour candy. Uh, my husband likes sour candy. I don't think he has bad taste. I just think yes. he has a different taste than I do. This is a movie that if somebody was like, I loved Don't Worry Darling, I'd be like, ah, oh, really? Maybe I'm not going to ask you to read my writing, because I don't know that we're on the same page. <laughs> you know? Definitely. And it there are a lot of um, younger Florence Pugh fans and, and even younger Olivia Wilde fans, uh, although I don't think that that's as common anymore, and Harry Styles <laughs> fans, because they did see this movie. And if you are a younger person, and, mm-hmm. and this is maybe one of the first handful of movies you've ever seen, I could see maybe being really forgiving of and it. And in fairness, if you have never seen <laughs> Stepford Wives and other movies that tell the story, like... Yeah, like it. I mean, as we, you and I grew up, like we were both born in '82. I know for me, growing up, the scariest thing in the world was, oh my god, I don't want to. Um, what do I not want to be when I grow up? I don't want to be a homemaker. Um, that just to me just seemed like the worst reality. Uh, today I'm like, I don't want to do that because that's really fucking hard, and I could never do that. But like as a child growing up in the '80s, we were still sort of under that. Um, guys of uh, a woman's place is in the home. No, it's not. But understand that a lot of the people you deal with are going to feel that way. And again, like, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of women still deal with being told, why aren't you home cooking for your husband? I don't know. Yep. I guess that still happens. Um, it, and maybe if this is your first encountering of that story in front of you, it seems really horrifying. Um but like it's it's Handmaid's Tale has been on for five years and the book has been out for thirty years, forty years almost now. Like it's weird that this is still the same story you're you're being told. I guess. I, I, and 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 it wasn't different, you know. No, like, no. Like it didn't. Do it was anything. actively stale. It was actively pulling images that we've seen used this exact way. That's so strange, right? Because yeah. I'm not opposed to a, a, like a Stepford 
style story. No, I love I, the Stepford Wives, the first film. It's fucking phenomenal. I will kill I for that think movie. It's not, it's not talked, it's not highly rated. It is people... so underrated as a film. I agree with you completely. People do not understand how good that filmmaking is. So like, just, okay, let's, let's redo that. Let's do a modern version of it. But then they, they said it in the past. <laughs> right. For, Why? For, for no discernible reason to say that those traditional values, to, to, to explain why we're in like a, a, a situation where these traditional values are being upheld, it, it was, so that aesthetic choice was made to support like the values at play in the film. But like, okay, that's why. Yeah, I don't know. It does not make sense. It's and it, it's so funny that you and I like I like wanted to make sure we talked about it at the end because I'm like I I need to get some of this off my chest, but like we both have so much to say about it because it feels like such a weird actively bad decision from beginning to end it's strange yeah, i just don't understand yeah. it yeah um so please people weigh in if and again like i know we said like we judge you if you like this movie i don't like mean that exactly but i'm just wildly curious if what did you get from this movie if you are on the side of no this movie had value i want to hear what that was um like you and I were talking like sort of a little bit about drag race and how like, Oh, it's another season of drag race. And they're so young this season. Right. Like, and it's actively this thing where like, Oh my gosh, these, these Queens are young enough to be my kids. Yeah. Like I could have birthed these children 20 years ago. Yep. So therefore when they talk about social media, when they talk about TikTok, like it is a whole different generation and I'm going to learn from that. Like this is new to me. So if, if you got something here that was new to you, um, I want, I'm curious what that was and how somebody else might have felt about it. If anybody out there actively did find value here, I, I'm curious to know. Uh, same. Big same. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a whole lot of stuff and then a whole lot of conversation on a movie neither one of us liked. I honestly, if you wanted to do a whole show about it, like rewatch it fresh, maybe even God. I would take some time and watch Separate Wives. Um, maybe have somebody I would I could talk about it forever. I I feel personally offended by. It. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just. A, a wild uh, with an E misstep, I guess. I don't know why I'm punning so much today. It's dangerous. I love it. Oh, it's we we um. I, I tell you, like I've finally crossed that threshold of like, no, I'm I'm like a like I'm a dad. I'm a walking dad joke type thing. Um, it just keeps happening where I find moments. I, do you get those progressive commercials about like turning into your parents? Yes. Yeah, like Brandon loves them to where every time they're on, I have to like call him in and we have to like. If it starts and I'm fast forwarding through it, he's like, no, 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 go back. I have to play it. Um, but I had like three moments today when I was out shopping where I was that person where I was like online. I'm like, wow, self-checkout. That's just taking too long. I'm going over here. Am I right? And like I was in like a clothing store trying something on and I asked somebody's opinion and started talking to them about it. Like it's that. I understand. I'm at that age. Um, and I don't even remember what I was talking about because that's how ah! how I've reached that barrier. <laughs> <sighs> oh no i know so yeah that's our point is um tell us about don't worry darling i guess oh the dad yeah yeah the pun yeah that's right that's right that's that's really oh funny. i like the puns though. thank you thank you um I'm, I, I gotta finesse them a little bit more but uh make yeah. that be your whole thing now. this is gonna be my thing but 2023 is the year that emily puns puns man get Everybody ready for it thing. folks that's right <laughs> oi well on that note um you can uh f- c- 
join in the conversation. We are on Twitter at Feminine Podcast. Yes. We are on Facebook. Uh, the Feminine Critique is a Facebook group, so you can join there. And now we're on Instagram because we're hip. Uh, that is Feminine underscore what is it? <laughs> feminine I, underscore critique underscore pod. I was going to go look. Yeah. I didn't know. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't really. So again, because I'm old, I can say I don't fully understand how Instagram works, like how you engage in Instagram. It seems weird to me. I like words. Instagram is pictures. Um, so help us out there if you can, folks, because I we're, we're flying blind. They do that thing where you can do like a picture and it's our words. Like it's podcast, oh. a, like a clip of the podcast. I don't know oh. why I'm explaining to 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 you like you're like an animal. No, Chris, like... no Christine, <laughs> I have, do you want to know what I've been doing half the time? I have been pausing my TV and taking pictures of it on my cell phone so I could post those. Because I don't really understand. Because you can't post on your computer, so I can't no. do a screenshot. I have to take a screenshot and then email it to myself and open it in my photos and then post it. Guys, I know there's an easier way. Please tell me. There is probably easier ways. There, there are ways to market this podcast, but I think that's a different. <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. We won't subject you guys to that. Uh, but please join us in all those places and and help us stay hip and young. We need every help we can get. Uh, we'll be back. We are not sure yet what's coming up next. Um, we have Christine and I have like a lot we wanted to do again this is the year of many things <laughs> including um some new approaches to episodes we wanted to do uh just different types of conversations more guests more kind of themed episodes that aren't just movies maybe some about books maybe some about um, lists of movies and stuff so we'll be creative and eventually figure out a schedule and be able to tell you what's next hooray indeed bye everybody bye I'll be so happy to keep his dinner warm while he goes onward and upward. Happy to keep his dinner warm till he comes wearily home from downtown. I'll be there waiting until his mind is clear while he looks right through me waiting to say good evening dear i'm pregnant what's new with you from downtown oh to be loved by a man i respect to bask in the glow of his perfectly understandable neglect oh to belong in the aura Darling, busy frown, such heaven, wearing the wifely uniform while he goes onward and upward. Happy to keep his dinner warm till he comes.